Uh, 16 years ago, my wife and I showed up uh, in this town of Davis. I came here not for undergrad, but for grad school. And uh, I, I just know in the past 16 years uh, how God has moved in my life, particularly while I was in the university, how God uh, got more hold of my life, got more hold of my heart and my family. And I just come with the anticipation that, hey, as we come to this place, God wants to do something in your life. And so you may have no idea what that is right now. You just showed up to church this morning. Um, but I just believe over the years that come, um, God is going to do something in your life. He's going to uh, build relationships into your life. But above all, he may give you a transformational relationship with Jesus Christ. And that will make all the difference in how you move forward. So um, I hope to get to meet some of you, whether it's today or actually in two weeks. We have what we call our Newcomers Cafe, which will be right here at the theater after service. So in two weeks on October 11th, stick around. We'll have some coffee, refreshments, meet some staff, some pastors. And I uh, would love to get to know you a little bit more. So uh, I'm excited this morning. And uh, not just because our college students are back, but uh, really excited for all of us uh, because today um, we're not only going to a new season of ministry, but we're uh, beginning a brand new message series. Uh, and if you pull out, hopefully you got one of your worship guides on the way in. Um, we are in a series that is called Unleashed. Uh, we're talking about getting to know the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit of God living in us, getting to know him, living aware of him, having him uh, guide us day after day. And we simply mean in that uh, God wants to do more in our life and rather than just kind of uh, live a life where we kind of go humdrum through uh, to really live the unleashed life. So we're going to be talking over the next nine weeks about the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you uh, have come from a church background, maybe you've heard of the Holy Spirit. If some of you are kind of uh, long-time church people, maybe remember him being called the Holy Ghost uh, when uh, we talked about him. But what you need to know is that the Spirit of God um, is mentioned over and over in the Bible. In fact, over 800 times the Bible mentions the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, actually, in the second verse of the whole Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says that the world was formless and void, and the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. Throughout the Old Testament, uh, we see the Spirit of God that would come uh, for a time and descend on people that God had a purpose for, and, and he would come and he would give them the strength and the power to carry out the work of God. In fact, in the New Testament, when Jesus came to walk on this earth, the Son of God, we see that the Holy Spirit at his baptism descended like a dove upon Jesus the Son in order that he would do his work of ministry here uh, on this earth. And then on the day of Pentecost, after Jesus returned to heaven, we see that the Holy Spirit descended on all of the believers in Jesus in order to strengthen them, empower them. And we see that the people of God lived out miraculous works through the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, we see that the Spirit gifted the people of God in order to uh, do things supernaturally that they were not able to do naturally themselves. Uh, we see that the Holy Spirit produces fruit in the life of the believer. Uh, given us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control through the work of the Spirit. But here's the thing. There are many followers of Jesus today that live spirit-less lives when God wants us to live spirit-filled lives. And so uh, we kind of wonder about these things. The Holy Spirit, you know, it's like God the Father 
Okay, father we can kind of grasp because, okay, maybe we know what a father looks like and uh, the love that can be lavished on there. And so God the Father, we understand. God the Son, Jesus, we love Jesus. Oh, what an example, what a teacher. But the Spirit maybe seems, honestly, a little bit odd. And so we just say, you know what, we'll just kind of leave that one out there uh, for another day. Uh, But here's the thing, is that God calls us to live spirit-filled lives. In fact, if we are to live any spiritual lives at all, we need to know the Holy Spirit. If we are to experience the life that Jesus has for us, we need to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. So what we want more than anything as a church is to know the Holy Spirit of God. And so we're going to take the next nine weeks, and we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to be in this series that we call Unleashed. And here's kind of what it looks like in Discovery, since many of you are new to be in a series. The next nine Sundays, we're going to have teaching from the Bible on the Holy Spirit to get to know the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to follow up that Sunday morning teaching because, honestly, Sunday morning teaching is a lot of this, me kind of one way talking to you. Uh, And what we believe is that there needs to be some discussion, some question asking. And so we have discovery groups that meet throughout the week uh, on a night uh, of the week. And uh, so we hope that everyone in Discovery will get into one of the Discovery groups to go through a parallel study uh, to talk and ask questions more. You see, Jesus... When he invested in his disciples on earth, there were times that he just talked to the large crowds and gave teaching, but those who were close to Jesus, those who were growing, those who were following him, there are many times in scripture we see that they went back into the home and they asked their questions and Jesus gave them further teaching and that's really what discovery groups are for us. Yes, we get care there, we build relationships, but if we want to be growing disciples of Jesus, The reality is we need uh, some more discussion. We need a place we can ask our questions and grow alongside other believers. And those are what discovery groups are. So we really do hope that every person that is sitting here listening to Sunday message would connect with the discovery group. And so in your worship guide this morning, you'll see that there uh, is a listing of discovery groups that are out there. Now, to be honest, most of them happen on Wednesday or Thursday, and you may say, well, I just can't do those nights. If that is you, but you would say, hey, I want to grow in a discovery group study, email me. I'm committed to helping you to have the opportunity to grow if you desire that opportunity. And so go ahead and email me about that. And in fact, today on your way out today, we're going to have donuts and discovery group leaders. So all of our discovery group leaders will be on the patio out there, grow uh, grab a donut, talk to a discovery group leader, get connected today because that study will start this week. Another thing that we have uh, is our daily reading plan. So if you download that app or you can go on the website as well, uh, we want to be in the scriptures each day, giving God an opportunity to work on a daily basis, not just on Sunday, not just on discovery group night, but throughout the week. And so uh, we put together a list of a lot of scriptures uh, about the Holy Spirit. So if you pick up that reading plan, you will see a lot of what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. And we pray, get to know him on a daily basis. So it's very easy. Download that app. You can follow through each and every day. We're also going to put together some additional resources that will be online or on that app as well. Uh, If you go on there today, you'll find that there's an overview of the series where it just kind of gives you some big picture information. Um, And then finally, one of the things we want to give you uh, is an opportunity to submit questions. Uh, As we talk about the Holy Spirit, you're going to have questions that come up 
And if they come up, just write them down, and then we're going to give you an opportunity to submit those questions as we cover them uh, throughout the series, and we'll actually answer your questions about the Holy Spirit. Um, one final thing that I'll ask you to pull out this morning is you should have got this commitment card uh, inside your worship guide. So if you'll pull that out, maybe you'll just wave it at me a little bit. If I can see somebody's got it out there. All right. So on the back of there uh, is just kind of a commitment that throughout this morning, I would encourage you uh, to fill out that commitment card. And when we come to communion later uh, in the service and remember the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and how he died to give us life and to give us his Holy Spirit, um, we just ask, we want to be praying with you. If you're going to commit to being part of getting to know the Holy Spirit, of pursuing God's powerful presence in your life, we want to pray for you. We want to come around you. So fill out that card at some point. uh, Put it in the basket there. We'd love to just come alongside you and pray for you through that. I want you to know why um, we're doing this series, because it wasn't the original plan this fall, I'll be honest with you. See, for about the last two years, I have been praying through um, how as a church we make disciples and I've been working out the plans of that. And this was going to be a fall where uh, we kind of really uh, unleashed what we call it, uh, discovery discipleship. And so we're going to have a series and we're going to walk through how it is that not only do we uh, follow Jesus as disciples, but how we actually make disciples, what that looks like. Um, and so we even set it up. If you were with us in the past month, um, you know that we went through a series on the gospel, saying very clearly, what is the gospel as the good news uh, of Jesus? Jesus, because we talk about that word a lot uh, here in church. And so we want everyone to know what is the gospel, because when we're gripped by the gospel, then we want to know Jesus and we want to follow him. So I I thought we would, hey, let's talk about the gospel, then let's talk about discipleship. And then in the spring, you know, we'll kind of bring the Holy Spirit uh, along in this process and in this plan. Um, But as I was preparing, and our teaching team, our staff could tell you this, we are putting all of the plans together, ready to go. And then about a month ago, Um, I was reading through the Bible, and I got to uh, Acts chapter 2. And that is when the Holy Spirit descends on all of the believers. And what I was reminded of was that uh, the order that it goes is that people are gripped by the gospel. And then people are empowered by the Spirit. And then we go about the work of following Jesus and making disciples. And so I was convicted that, hey, I got it a little bit wrong. I wanted to do what we usually do, you know, that we're good doers. And so, hey, we'll put together some programs and we'll go through the program. And then at the end, maybe we'll get a little bit of the Holy Spirit. Well, what God said to me is that, no, you, yes, need to be gripped by the gospel. But you need my Holy Spirit before you do any other work. Because otherwise, it just becomes religion rather than a relationship with the living God. And so I went and I told everyone, hey, uh, I know uh, we're kind of prepared for this series, but God's put something else on the heart. And so here is where we are. Because we believe God wants to do something in us as a church. And we believe God wants to do something through us as a church. But Jesus said we can't do it on our own. We need his Holy Spirit. It's the whole reason that he sent him. And so in this series, we're going to grow aware of him. I pray more than just knowing about him, that we actually know him. We walk with him, and we experience life through him. So let me pray for us as we begin here, and then we'll dive in. Lord God, thank you for this day. 
God, I've looked forward to such anticipation and excitement, believing that you have something more for us in this life. God, seeing a crowd of people that you've gathered together from all different places, all different backgrounds, some of us passionate about you right now, some of us have been wandering, some of us feeling stagnant, some of us feeling like we're just going through the motions of Christianity. But God, I don't believe that's an accident that you've called us together here. That you want to do a work in your people. Jesus, you went to the cross to give us new life. You sent your Holy Spirit that we could experience it day after day and walk with him. So Jesus, I pray that number one, we would know you. And that we would know the Spirit that you sent. Your Holy Spirit, God. But we give you this time, we give you our lives, do your work, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, what we do here is we go to our source, which is the Bible. Um, we believe that the Bible is the Word of God here, and so uh, we want to share God's Word, and we want you to study God's Word as well. So if you don't have a Bible this morning, if you would put up your hand, um, someone will bring you a Bible. Uh, we want you to have this as uh, your gift. And so um, go ahead and turn with me then, if you get that Bible, to John chapter 14. Uh, it's in your New Testament. It would be on page 771. If you have the Bible that we give you, you can also, we try to make this easy, uh, if you have your cell phone, if you want to uh, turn to the app in there, the Bible scripture will be right there as well. We'll begin in John chapter 14. Um, most of us, uh, if we came from some church background, you may come to this series with some background on the Holy Spirit. Um, just so you know, since I'm going to be doing most of the teaching for us here, my background, um, I grew up in a church uh, that was charismatic Lutheran. Now, um, if you have any ch church background, you may say, I didn't even know that exists. Um, but it, it was. What that means is that I grew up in a church that was, uh, you know, they would use the liturgy of the Lutheran, um, but then sometimes uh, they would speak in tongues. The pastors would still wear robes, um, but sometimes they would dance. Um, you know, that we would play the organ, but sometimes there would be the woman in the aisle, you know, playing the tambourine as well. So that's kind of my uh, background. Um, I've kind of seen uh, a lot in um, even just one church growing up but um, I've always been uh, kind of able, what that really means is that, you know, whatever background you're from, I can relate to it. Um, I can understand that. I can take your questions uh, on it. We come from a lot of different backgrounds here, but throughout this series, what I want to ask us to do is to lay aside our backgrounds, lay aside our experiences, good or bad, positive or negative, wh whatever it may be, and to simply get back to looking at what does the Bible say? And ask those questions. And so what I want to start with today is uh, the words of Jesus. We are followers of Jesus, yes? And so we want to see as we talk about the Holy Spirit, what is it that Jesus said in John chapter 14? A little bit of context here. Jesus was, uh, had uh, lived out his earthly ministry and he was now preparing his followers, those closest to him, uh, for uh, the fact that Jesus was going away. He was going to uh, die on the cross and then he was going to be resurrected from the dead and then he was going to uh, go back to heaven and he was going to leave his followers to carry out the work here on earth. And so Jesus is getting them ready and in John chapter 14, uh, beginning in verse 15, Jesus says this, if you love me, 
you will keep my commandments. Verse 16, he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Okay, what is Jesus saying in this teaching? When he speaks of the Holy Spirit, what is it that he says? The first thing, if you're taking notes, is this, that he refers to the Holy Spirit as him, not it. Now here's often a time where we can go uh, wrong in the church. We often think of the Holy Spirit as, uh, as a power or an energy or uh, a tool that God gives us to live out life when the reality is that he is the very Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the third person of what we call the Trinity. Jesus speaks to the personhood of the Holy Spirit. You see, what we believe is that God is one, but that he has eternally existed in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we are talking about a person who is equally God with the Father and the Son, but yet functionally, perhaps a bit different. You see, this changes everything for us. Because sometimes we view a spirit as just kind of a a power or uh, an entity that we use. And if it is a thing, then we either use it or we don't use it. Yet if he is a person, we are in a relationship where we either walk alongside or we say, give me my space. Where we either engage or we dismiss where we either invite or we say, you're not coming to the party. The Holy Spirit is the third person of God. You see, he's not an energy. He's not an entity emitting from God. He is God, sent to be his powerful presence among his people since Jesus ascended back to heaven. The second thing, if you're taking notes, that Jesus says is Jesus calls the Holy Spirit our helper. He says, I will ask the Father... Okay, so there you have the Son asking the Father, and He will send the Helper, the Holy Spirit. That word helper, it is a Greek word that is parakletos, which means one who is called alongside. You see, Jesus loved His followers deeply, and He had been walking intimately with them, teaching them, helping them, growing them, showing them by example of how they were to live. But he was going away and he was concerned for them. And he said, I will send the Holy Spirit who will come and help you live out the life that I've called you to. He says, I will send you the helper to be with you forever. Then he says this. He says, you know him. He is with you. Now, one thing we need to realize about Jesus and his earthly ministry You know, we often think, okay, Jesus came, lived uh, as a human being. He was God in the flesh. Well, one of the things that maybe we don't realize is that when Jesus came to walk on this earth, he surrendered his rights as God to live however he wanted. He lived in the limitations of human flesh, took on flesh, and walked among us. It's not that Jesus ever surrendered his godness. It's that he took on flesh and all the limitations that came with it. So rather than being everywhere at every time, he could only be like us in one place at one time. 
and he lived out that life walking in the land of Israel with his few disciples. So what we need to realize about Jesus' earthly ministry, that yes, he was God and he lived in the human limitations, we see him doing a lot of God's stuff, right? But here's what we need to understand. That Jesus did all of that God stuff through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he wanted to give us the example that, hey, as human beings, we can actually live in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it says in Luke chapter 3 that when many were being baptized, that Jesus himself was baptized as well, and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And the Father spoke and said, this is my beloved Son in whom you, who I am well pleased. And at that point, the Holy Spirit came and gave him a special anointing. We read in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, that, that we then see that by the power of the Holy Spirit, he was guided to be tempted in the wilderness, led by the Spirit. When he came back, it says Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to do his ministry. And then Jesus showed up in Jerusalem and he, it says he pulled out the scrolls. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, he quoted a scripture from the prophet Isaiah that said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And why was he able to do it? Because the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. See, Jesus carried out his earthly ministry. When we see him praying to the Father, he prays through the Spirit. When we see him healing the sick and the lame, it's through the power of the Spirit that's upon him. When he teaches with authority, it is because of the Holy Spirit who is upon him. When he walks in the face of temptation yet doesn't sin, it's because of the Holy Spirit that is upon him. And it's this same Spirit, the same Spirit that eventually raised him from the dead, that lives within each one of our belie- us as believers in Christ. Because Jesus said, I will send this very same helper. You know him because he's been with you because they saw him with Jesus. But he also makes this astounding promise. He says, he will be in you. See, the third thing that Jesus mentions here is that he speaks of the Holy Spirit's powerful presence in his followers. That's a whole different relationship from just walking alongside someone, that God himself would make his powerful presence abundant within those of his children. be honest with you, the idea of Jesus standing alongside me here or throughout the week is a pretty nice idea. It's a pretty nice thought that anytime I have questions uh, about life, anytime I have questions about parenting, anytime I have questions about the Bible, uh, that I could just turn and say, hey, Jesus, what do you think? And uh, he could kind of download some information and, and teach me as he did to his disciples. I often think that would be so great. Or, uh, you know what, when we're feeling sick or when we're feeling broken in our hearts, uh, to have Jesus, to watch as he did in his ministry, to come alongside and to bring healing physically, emotionally. How wonderful would that be? Or the times when we're feeling all alone, like we don't have a friend in the world, and we would just love for Jesus to be sitting there, uh, to share with us, to to hug us, to, to comfort us. 
The astounding thing is that Jesus said this in John chapter 16, verse 17. He actually said, I'm telling you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus said, it's actually better for you. He looks at his disciples that were getting sad that he wasn't going to be there anymore. And he, he tells them, you know what? You think it's great having me here? Wait until the helper comes. Because no longer will there be these limitations of, hey, I can only talk with three of you at a time or uh, limited in this one part of the world. But no, the Holy Spirit will come and be with every one of my followers at all times. He will live in them. And do this work that you've already seen in me. Jesus said, it's to your advantage. It is better that I go away. That he will be present in every believer, everywhere, forever. This is the promise of the Holy Spirit that Jesus gives us. But all across the world, all across our nation, all in churches today, We may wonder if anybody is experiencing the Spirit of God, as Jesus talked about. Because all throughout our churches, all throughout our nation, all throughout our world, there are people who are believers in Jesus, who live riddled with anxiety and worry and depression, and are trapped in sin and stuck with it, who are doing everything they can to be, do programs under their own abilities rather than the ability that God's given, that are trying to do their best to understand what the Scripture's saying, but are missing that spirit of truth to guide. Why is it that so many followers of Jesus live spirit-less lives when he has called us and given us the ability to live spirit-filled lives? I'll give you two reasons. Number one is this. There are many people who are not even aware that there is a Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 19, verse 2. The Apostle Paul is going and he's talking to some people who had been baptized by John the Baptist. And he says to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul says, what were you baptized into? And they say, well, John the baptized. And he said, you need to receive Jesus and then receive his Holy Spirit. And lo and behold, when they did call upon the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit came and filled them and gave them a whole new experience in that life. I mean, maybe you're sitting here this morning and maybe this is the very first time you're ever hearing about the Holy Spirit. You maybe have heard, okay, I should go to a Christian church because I need Jesus. He says, but you're not really aware of the Holy Spirit. So glad that you're here this morning. So glad that hopefully you'll be here throughout this series. Because God wants us to be aware of his Holy Spirit and wants us to live in view of his Holy Spirit. And maybe you've been in church for a while, but you came from a background where you didn't even know the scriptures that Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. So many Christians today are unaware of what Jesus has actually given us. We've never experienced that life to the full. We've lived a life of dull religion rather than a life of transformation that comes through the power of the Spirit. Maybe we blame God rather than realizing something is missing. I want to tell you, friends, there is a whole nother a world and following Christ that is available to those of us 
who truly surrender our lives and allow God to come and work within us. Um, I'm not a huge traveler, um, but I do my fair of traveling. Um, but I've always been that traveler that, you know, when you board the plane, um, you pass by those first rows of seats and, and kind of go into the next rows of seats. You know the rows of seats where uh, people are already sitting there and they're already sipping their drinks and kind of looking out the window and getting all cozy and comfortable, and you kind of go to the back. You know, I think they call it first class, Right. Okay? And so you keep going and you get into the crowded seats where you're knocking your knees and there's never enough baggage. Uh, well, um, I must have done something right on the Haiti mission trip that we did because on the way back, um, the first thing was I was asked to switch seats to a different seat and then they ended up giving my other seat away and uh, lo and behold, finally, I said, sir, I'm really sorry about this, um, but I'm going to have to take you and sit you in one of the seats up front. And uh, I said, well, I'll take that into account, but uh, I'll do it if I must. Um, <laughs> and so a poor team that was with us, I don't even know if I told them all the details of this yet, so you have to forgive me of this. But So I went up to the uh, front of the curtain, and I don't know if some of you have been, been up there before, and what happens, it's a whole different world. I'm telling you, I was not aware of what goes on. I mean, I had some ideas, but I had no idea. I mean, you sit there up there, uh, the woman comes to you and she says, hello, sir, my name is Lucia. Can you please let me know if there's anything else I can do to help you? I said, wow, usually in the back, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, sir, sit down and we're going to have to check your bag for you, you know? Um, you know, up in, in front of the curtain, I don't even know this, but they give you uh, not peanuts, cashews. Cashews, not, not just cashews, they come in a little porcelain bowl that's warmed up. And so I'm sitting having uh, warm cashews up there. And then they come and they bring the meal and it's not just okay, a, a meal and some snacks, but it's would you like wheat or white? You know, this is kind of what happens in front of the curtain. I had no idea that there's a whole different world in front of the curtain that I was never aware of. And honestly, for many of us going through life uh, with Christ and going through church stuff, we have never realized that there is something more in front of the curtain. That Jesus sent the helper that we can actually live a life of experiencing him. And we've been okay. Maybe because we haven't been even aware that there was a Holy Spirit. But reason number two is this that some are resisting the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 7 is a story of a man named Stephen, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, stands up to the religious leaders who had crucified Jesus, and he preaches an incredible sermon to them. And at the end, he has the, the, the gall filled by the Holy Spirit to say to them, You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears. That was a real big put-down for the Jewish people. He says, you always resist the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is sent by Jesus to lead us in the life that Jesus has called us to. To follow Jesus, our Savior who went to the cross, who sacrificed his own well-being, who surrendered himself for the glory of God. 
And for those of us who would be followers of Jesus, that is the life he has called us to. Sacrificial surrender. Putting aside our hopes, our dreams, our purpose to live, to advance the kingdom of God for the glory of God. To live not just for the well-being of ourselves or our little circle of people that we like, but to live for the people that God would call unto himself. This is the life that Jesus has called us to as his followers. But it's an uncomfortable life. It's a sacrificial life. And to be quite honest with as many of us do not want to really live that life. I mean, we want a little bit of Jesus to come and make our plans better, if we're honest. But to live a life of sacrificial surrender, laying down ourselves day after day, But that's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, not just to give us a little better experience or to make us comfortable, but to help us live the life that Jesus has called us to. Uh, I'll be honest with you, it is scary. It's not comfortable. I I mean, right now, just to give you an idea of what I'm working through, is, is the fact that, you know, just coming back from Haiti, right now my wife and I had plans, next year's going to be our 15th anniversary, and we had plans of, you know what, we're just going to get away, the two of us, but God has been stirring something in my heart that says, you know what, it, it's time for you to take your family to go to Haiti for a time, to introduce your children to life outside of what we have here in our little bit of comfortableness. Now, we're still praying through this, but you get the point that sometimes it's like, God, haven't I already done enough? Come on, God. You know, it's like I gave you my career. I give you, uh, you know, some of uh, my money, my time. I, I, I love the people for you. Come on, God, when is it enough? Don't I just deserve this on my own? But you see, what the Holy Spirit will do is call us into a place that's uncomfortable. And we do not like that. And so we resist the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit does is he will convict us. He will prompt us. He will guide us in the ways of Jesus. But sometimes we get content saying, you know what? I like a little bit of Jesus. But that's a little bit too much for me. So what we end up doing is saying, Holy Spirit, I don't like what you're saying. You say, why don't you stay over there? Why don't you stay on your leash over there? And the reality is Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit to lead us in a life that, yes, may be uncomfortable, but is more of a life than we can ever ask or imagine. See, especially for those of us who are Christians, who believe in Jesus, we think by pursuing our own comfort that we, you know, that we'll actually find it. And then what seems uncomfortable in following Jesus, what Jesus promises that by following him, we would actually find life. And so we find ourselves in this crazy middle ground where we know Jesus and we want his peace desperately, but we're not experiencing it. We want to be free from sin desperately, but we're trying to do it in our own. We want to see people come to Jesus, but we have no idea what to say because we are not living In view of the Holy Spirit, we are actually resisting him because we are building up our own kingdom, protecting our schedule, protecting our dreams, protecting what we want to do. And the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and will let us resist him. But oh, that we wouldn't resist him too long and miss out on the life that he has for us. My fear in this series 
is that we will learn a whole lot more about the Holy Spirit. But we will continually resist actually living with Him. My prayer is that that would not be the case. Why in the world would we do anything uncomfortable? I mean, life is about pursuing our dreams, our plans, our comforts. Why would we do anything uncomfortable? And to be honest with you, if you're okay with a little bit of religion, you wouldn't. If you're okay with showing up on a Sunday morning for an hour and calling that your walk with God, then you wouldn't do anything more. If you're okay with gathering a few Christians together, but walking through a city of people who are lost without him, we wouldn't. But if we desire a relationship with Jesus, if we want to see him work in our lives and then work through our lives, we have every reason with God, then we have a reason to pursue the Holy Spirit. My prayer is that we would in this series. I want to close by just a quick look at the work of the Holy Spirit in us as followers of Jesus so we can know what to expect. What is it that the Holy Spirit does within us? Number one, He comforts us. The New King James Version translates that that word helper as the comforter. Now, that doesn't mean that it's a comfortable life that he gives us because the Apostle Paul, he said this, that I've learned the secret of being content in any circumstances, whether hungry or well-fed, whether free or in prison. The reason was not because he had a comfortable life, but because he experienced the peace that surpasses any human understanding. And there will be some of you that are going through something right now that showed up here hurting, feeling no peace in the world. But while you are here this morning, you will experience a peace that your circumstances do not explain. That you may experience his comfort and his peace. That is a peace that comes from God. It is his Holy Spirit at work within you. The second thing that the Holy Spirit does within the believer is that he counsels us. It says in John chapter 16, That when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears from me, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. The spirit of truth comes to guide us, to give us wisdom and guidance and all those things that we have questions about. How do we walk? We want all the answers for the years to come, but the Holy Spirit guides us step by step. It's a little bit like this. Uh, This summer, 50 men from Discovery went to men's camp. Some of you guys will remember this. We did this little exercise on Saturday afternoon where we blindfolded some poor guys. And in a 
boulder field, we asked them to follow the instructions of one of their friends on their team that would guide them. Meanwhile, the rest of the men stood on the outside shouting anything they could to distract them. I never saw Christian men who wanted blood so bad. But in a world where there are so many voices that would distract us, that really are out for our harm, that would impede our way, the Holy Spirit doesn't just stand a distance away, shouting, hoping to hear above the noise, but God, Jesus said that he would be in us, and that if we listen attentively for it, he will guide us in truth, along with God's word, to carry out the life that he has called us to, Galatians 5 says it this way, that we are to walk by the Spirit. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah, I love this, Isaiah 30 says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, This is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. That is speaking of the Spirit of God who comes and dwells in every believer and will walk with us if we will listen. Now, the final thing that he does is this. He convicts. John chapter 16, after Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. He says, if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and I won't be around. You won't see me any longer. So you won't hear my voice, but you will hear the voice of the Spirit that convicts you in the way that you are to go. Even today, you may be sitting, I haven't mentioned maybe a thing, but you will be convicted of something that God wants to change in your life. It's not because I'm pointing it out. It's because the Spirit of God is at work in your heart. And he wants to lead you in a better way. Maybe even now, you are being drawn closer to God. You showed up here. You're not really a church person. Just some people invited you to come here. You don't know the Bible. You weren't even really pursuing anything different. But right now, God is drawing you to him. That is the Spirit of God that is opening your heart to know him and to walk with him and to have a relationship with Almighty God. From time to time, people will ask me, who was the greatest influence as a person in your life in following Jesus? And I will without a doubt say that it is the person of the Holy Spirit. Because you see, I was wandering in my college days, had put God on a shelf. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't in a fellowship. I wasn't talking to any other Christians. But there, the Spirit of God began to work on my heart to call me back to him, to convict me of my sin and say, this is not the life that I have for you. I have a different life for you, my child. And it was the spirit that prompted me, the spirit that convicted me, the spirit that caused me to open up the Bible to hear God's word once again. The beautiful thing is, right now there are some of you who are being convicted in your own life. And it is the Holy Spirit of God. You can ignore Him. You can harden your heart. You can walk out of this place and not surrender to His presence. But I would encourage you not to walk away for too long. Not to resist the Holy Spirit of God. God the Father loves you. 
He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for you. To give you a relationship with Him. Jesus the Son lived a perfect life and died a sacrifice for your sin that you can know Him, that you can be empowered by Him, that you can receive the Holy Spirit. And He wants to send the Holy Spirit into your life for the first time or if you're just being reawakened and reaware of what He wants to do in your life, to come back to Him today. So would we just bow our heads as we come. And Holy Spirit, we invite You to do Your work here right now. We invite You to come into our hearts. Jesus, we know that You are alive and well. That You and Your Spirit are present here in the gathering of Your church. But You will only work as we invite You to in our lives. So God, right now as a church, we invite You to come and to work among Discovery Church. And if you're here this morning, and maybe you've been wandering through life, Maybe you haven't been following God for a while. Maybe you know Jesus, but you haven't been experienced, experiencing a life with Him. I would just, with all eyes closed, you just reach a hand out to God in desperation, asking Him. If you want to live a Spirit-filled life, not because somebody around you is raising their hand, but just between you and God, reaching out, for him. And God, I pray that for those of us who want more of you, those of us who will seek you, those of us who will run after you, God, that you would come. That you would do your work in us. That you would open our hearts. That you would stir us. God, I pray for those students that are as showing up and going about career and aspiration, God, they are good things. But God, that they would not simply settle for a pursuit of career, but that as they come to this place, that they would grab a hold of a pursuit of you. God, I pray for uh, those of us uh, who are family people, married, uh, who are parents that are, are just so busy, so uh, caught up with so many things, pursuing the activities for our children, pursuing the relationships that we have. God, that we would not miss a relationship with you. Jesus, you sent your Holy Spirit that we could experience a full relationship with you. We want it. God, we are reaching out to you. I pray for any of us that are trapped in religion and going through the motions that we've given up on church or walking with Christ or being anything more than it is. God, that you would awaken our hearts, that you would give your peace, your hope, your joy through your spirit. There may be some of you out here who, you know what, you, you aren't a church person. You didn't know what you came here for. You've never decided to follow Jesus. Maybe you've never even heard about Jesus. But today you are feeling yourself being drawn to him. I want you to know that is the Holy Spirit of God who is coming and opening your heart to seek him, to know him, to find him, and that today could be that day. We surrender our lives to Jesus. If you're one of those people who want to surrender your life to Jesus, I would just encourage you 
to reach out to him to say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've been wandering my own way, but Jesus, I want your way. Come into my heart. Help me to know you. Send your spirit into my life that I can experience your comfort, your counsel, your conviction to walk the way that you have. Jesus, I give you my life. It's all for you. In your name, amen. We're going to prepare to respond here. Um, we're going to respond beginning with song. Uh, the band's going to play us through something, and then a little bit we'll, we'll take communion. But first, just continue to spend some time with Jesus, inviting him to work in, in your life. Um, if you filled out one of those commitment cards, or if you still want to do that, now is the time you can do that. In a few minutes, we'll take communion together. But let's go before God, responding as he calls us to.